everyone, and welcome to the 28th episode of our second season. I'm Dana. And I'm Jim. Today we're in Austin chatting with Matt and Eric of Sing Sing Kill Brewery. <laughs> but first, beer. I'm going to turn over the uh, beer description, obviously, to you guys since you own the joint. <laughs> uh, so what are we having first? So uh, this first beer is our, uh, our Wet Hop Harvest Ale. Uh, it's a 7.5 ABV uh, Amber Ale. Um, I grow, I've been growing hops, uh, guys, uh, for probably about uh, eight to ten years now. Um, and it's one of those things that I did just for myself because they look cool and I really enjoy it. Uh, and I never really th- thought that I would get enough yield out of it to do, to do anything meaningful with it. I just did it kind of more because it was the right thing for me to do. And, um, you know, this season uh, I discovered that if you completely ignore your hops, no water, don't look at them, don't train them, <laughs> just run up the, the trellises and that's it, they do great. Because um, <laughs> like, all my time is taken up here at, at the brewery. Uh, I, I'm the... Um, I'm the only brewery employee. I do all the brewing, all the cellaring, uh, all that good stuff. So uh, you do everything by I, yourself. I am it. Um, yep. So it's a kind of a lot, <laughs> and as you can imagine, some of my uh, domestic duties get neglected. Um, so uh, harvest season's coming around. I'm like, all right, th- these are ready to go. So I start picking the hops, and uh, I fill one five-gallon bucket. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. And I fill a second five-gallon bucket, and I'm like, hey, this is doing all right. You know, now I'm onto the third five-gallon bucket, and I'm start thinking, you know, okay, so we have a three-barrel brew house. And uh, I'm like, you know, we might, I might be able to get enough for a batch out of this. Um, But uh, as if you've ever done any kind of hop harvesting, it takes time. Again, I'm doing it by myself. Um, And it, uh, you know, there's no time at the end of that day to actually brew. So they all went directly into our cooler down here. And uh, I set about uh, pulling out my, my recipes. And I decided, yeah, yeah, we're going to jump in and do a uh, wet hop harvest ale this year. So uh, uh, the hops were, uh, it was less than 24 hours. I'm thinking it was probably like 18 hours or so off the bind. Um, And added them directly to the boil uh, and and just went that route. Um, At the house I grew, uh, it was... um, Cascade, Nugget, and Zeus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Magnum did not do well this year. It, it didn't like being ignored, apparently. <laughs> okay. um, but, uh, you know, I think that I was, I'm really uh, proud of how this beer turned out. Um, just because it was all homegrown like that. Um, yeah. uh, you know, a standard, pretty, pretty standard, uh, you know, malt forward, um, amber ale underneath it. Um, and uh, so, yeah. Cheers. Let's try it. Try it. Cheers. So you were growing hops for eight to whatever years. Where were you growing these hops? At your house? Yeah, right at the house. I use it as a uh, kind of dividing line between uh, my, my neighbor's house and, and mine because uh, it, it, it makes a, a beautiful display. You know, it grows, uh, I would say, you know, 20 feet in the air. Yeah. By, definitely by the 4th of July, it's roof high. Um, are you cool with your neighbors or are your neighbors like, what oh, no, the no. hell are you doing? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, no, it's great. I think uh, maybe the first couple of years, uh, they were a little concerned as to what it actually was right, growing right, in, right. in the yard. Um, but I left all the identification stakes out there. I'm like, no, This no is mind. not weed. Yeah, exactly. In, in the early growing stages, you could be fooled. Um, and but, the smell. But yeah, um, and it, it, you know, it makes a really nice, uh, a really nice curtain, um, shade curtain on the front porch. You know, nice. you hang out there, have beer. You got the hops dripping all over you. So uh, that's I really, really cool. I've never seen that in somebody's yard. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I mean, New York State uh, pre-prohibition was the the largest producer of hops in the yeah. country, and you know, so that's why the Cascades was a no-brainer. I'm like, I know that these will grow. 
Um, up to this year, the magnums did well, but I suspect it was a soil issue. I didn't, mm -hmm. like, again, like I said, I totally ignored it. Um, after the second year, uh, you start getting enough, um, once the root balls are established and the, and the plants are, are hardy, um, I don't, you know, do any kind of treatment over the winters because in the last two years, the winters have kind of been non-existent here yeah. in, in Westchester County. So that may have fed into why the harvest was so good this year. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. So you guys have been in this location for how long now for people that don't know where we are, what's going on? <laughs> well, we've been open for a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. We opened Memorial Day weekend of 2018. Mm -hmm. We took over the space uh, I guess 20 like January February of 2016 okay and that's when we started the renovation what was this before it was uh, had been uh, abandoned for over a decade oh wow uh, it was built as a brand worth um, no sorry um, uh, who who was the uh, Made the EKG machines, Matt? Uh, Cambridge, Cambridge, Cambridge Instrument, Instrument Company. Yeah. Cambridge Instrument Company made EKG machines um, in this space up until, like, I guess the 70s is when they closed up shop. Uh, it was a few other things, and then it um, uh, it was converted, the, the factory was converted into luxury condos during the oh. housing boom. Mm -hmm. And when the crash happened, uh, what remained unfinished went into bankruptcy. Wow. So, okay. Um, so we're located on Spring Street in Austin, New York. Yes. Right across from the Austin Police Station. And Courthouse, yes. And Courthouse. Yeah. Conveniently. Yes. <laughs> was that a concern for you guys at first? We're like, we're right across you from the cops. It, it, was, it was never a concern for us. People comment on it, yeah. of course. Um, but, you know, this is a community police force. Uh, they're as vested in this community yeah. as we all are. Mm -hmm. So they're not looking to give anybody a hard time. They want to see our downtown succeed. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, they don't frequent the place because you can see in here from there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. there's sergeants in the yeah, gym. <laughs> hey, Steve just got off work. What right. you doing right there? Come on. But, uh, but no, yeah. Um, you know, they've been very supportive of us. That's awesome. Are you both from Austining? Why did you pick Austining to have your brewery? Well, we um, we both moved to Austining within the same year, I guess. Yeah, it's just about right, yeah. Just about a beer, a beer and apart. Our, our wives grew up together. Okay. And uh, they went to uh, Sleepy Hollow High School together. Okay. So uh, they reconnected, and that's when Matt and I met. So where are you each from? Where'd you grow up? So uh, I, uh, I grew up kind of all over northern New Jersey. Um, I went to high school in uh, Orange County, Port Jervis, New York. Um, so, you know, they grew up in the shadow of, of the big city. <laughs> um, from Albany when I was younger to Norwich, Connecticut, went to school at Ithaca and then moved to the city and came up here from the city. So. So before you guys owned a brewery, what was your former life? What did you do? Who were you? <laughs> uh, so um, I, uh, I had a number of different things. I, was, uh, I went to Syracuse University, and um, after I, I got out of school, I was playing in bands for a couple of years and uh, just doing the upstate college tour. And um, 
you know, the, my student loan deferments kind of ran out. And I was like, I need a job. <laughs> so I took a job with, uh, with uh, Wegmans Food Markets, okay. uh, and I was a fish cutter. Uh, and, so I, and that's one of those uh, careers that, like, nobody does anymore. Yeah. So I did that up there uh, for a number of years. And then uh, my wife, growing up in Terrytown, she got a, she, we, we were living in Syracuse together. And she's like, you know, uh, I got a job in the city. Are you coming with me? And I was kind of like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> So moved down here, and I continued to do that. Um, so I was, I was a fish cutter for over 20 years, but I was always home brewing on the side, mm-hmm. and that was kind of like what kept me sane from that that retail life. And I work, uh, still currently work in the film industry as a rigging grip. Okay. So um, that, I guess, having you know running crews and and you know doing builds and stuff like that gives you the sort of base knowledge to break into something like this. So yeah. it wasn't that much of a leap. Um, although I've never done anything retail before. Yeah. But, so that was a, a learning curve. So you're wise reconnected. You guys met. At what part point were you like, oh, we should open up a brewery? <laughs> well, we talked about, I mean, we, Matt, Matt started, you know, feeding me his beer uh, right from the get-go when we first met. Awesome. And, Every time he brewed a new batch, he's like, here, check this out. And it was as good as any beer you could buy in the market. So, you know, I guess the thought was always kind of in the back of my mind. And then it was, it was really when we were at Paul's wedding, right? Yep. In, at Peaks Island in Maine. And Matt had brewed the beer for the um, oh, wow. rehearsal dinner, right? Yep. And initially, uh, the it was supposed to be, you know, my beer was... Uh, kind of just featured as like a like kind of a nice little side note. They were going to have uh, regional beers from Maine uh, as like kind of the main focus. And uh, getting logistically getting uh, stuff onto Peaks Island is a little difficult. It's just off the coast of Portland. Okay. Um, but you know, there's a ferry involved and there's organization. And when you're you know we're getting a wedding together on on an island destination like that, uh, there's a lot of stuff that can get fall through the cracks. And so. Mine turned out to be the only beer that made it to the island, oh, and it was wow. like. And thankfully, I mean, I was I was working on a uh, on a half barrel um, spike brewing system, um, you know, basically like the, the dogfish system mm-hmm. that they started on, um, and so I, I was confident uh, about the beer itself. This was uh, I had done a um, honey hibiscus wit, uh, and originally I brewed it for another friend's wedding, um, and it was one of those things I didn't have time to do a mead. Uh, I wanted to do something with honey because of the whole significance of the honeymoon mm-hmm. um, and that story I really liked and uh, so uh, our friends were getting married and said okay can you do a beer sure so I came up I think we only had like 10 cases of beer I did I bottled everything wow. just because you know I, I didn't know what we were going to get look, be looking at and when we got there it was like well there's no other beer and I was like alright no pressure <laughs> you know um, but I mean you know, we looked around at the rehearsal dinner, and you know, it was a beautiful setting. You know, midsummer, and uh, everybody's enjoying themselves. The beer is beautiful because it's this light pink hue, and it's going down quickly. And it's like, yeah, people are digging it. Like this is working. You know, um, and nobody, there was no question. Like, uh, whose soy sauce homebrew beer is this? You yeah. know, so. Um, Eric was just like, we, oh, yeah, we had to hide some away. Yeah, we did. And that was the thing, too. They're like, we're out of beer. I'm like, you're not out of beer. Like, I know how much I gave you, and I've been watching what's going on. Um, but then Eric, you know, Eric, was he came up with the idea. He's like, you know, we should start a brewery. And I'm like, yeah, we should open a brewery. Let's do that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so we, we decided that um, 
New York farm breweries is, mm-hmm. you know, where we were looking to focus on. And so we, there were 14 New York farm breweries at the time and we contacted all 14. Oh, wow. Heard back from seven. And then we took a road trip through New York state visiting the seven uh, New York farm breweries and, and you know, asking what, what they thought, you know, Smart. giving them our plan. This is what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was know, a while back too. This was like what six years ago at uh, this point. It was twenty. It was the winter of twenty fourteen. Yeah. Right. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. 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 And it was uh, February twenty fourteen. Yeah. And when you want to go upstate is in February. That was awesome. With chains on your six. Yeah. It's great. That's awesome that you were smart enough to contact people. Like this is what we want to do. Let's contact people that are already doing it and see yeah. what's going on. That's yeah. smart. And and. It, what a great group of people. Uh, For sure. You know, very welcoming. You know, it was just like happy to tell you everything that they felt they did wow. right, everything they felt they did wrong, you know, look at, you know, what your intentions are and give you feedback. It was mm-hmm. really, it was really great, you know, experience. It, it was kind of, um, it was it was surprising uh, because both of our industries are such, are so cutthroat, our, mm-hmm. our, you know, our regular day jobs and like, you would never share that kind of information with people. And like to see, you know, the, the, the actual like camaraderie and, and spirit of collaboration that goes on in craft beer, um, it was amazing to me. I kept waiting for people to be like, no, nah, you can't do this, what are you talking about? You know, like, nah, you don't have a brewing science degree, get out, you know? Um, but, you know, that, that just isn't the case and that's not, uh, you know, how people handle themselves, yeah. you know? It's really nice. It's, I can't think of another avenue that is like that that's so welcoming and people just really want everybody to do well yep. it's think, really a nice thing i think every single hudson valley based and new york city based brewer um or brewery i should say is like that and that what we've come across in running this podcast and her being in beer distribution and um you would think it would be the other way around where they didn't want us you know share trade secrets right. but um everybody's very open and they have a lot of events that incorporate all uh, local breweries, which is awesome to see, uh, and it's great to see how it's grown over the last, you know, ten or twelve years. I worked an event once years ago, and I won't say the uh, distributor I was working with, um, <laughs> but we had an event, uh, and my husband was actually staying and helping me. Um, they left the jockey box, they left the gas, everything for me to put together. The jockey box was completely disgusting; it was filled with like dirt and mud. They left the air tank open so there was no gas yeah, yeah. I, there were no handles they forgot to leave me handles so oh. i was and it was upstate somewhere we drove we we're yeah. staying the night and i was like so did we come here for no fucking reason because this is some bullshit so i walked around everybody and everybody was so nice like i have air i have this like everybody was super nice and i was like this would never happen yep. in any other field <laughs> the craft beer guild guys gave us an extra tank to seal yeah that's great yeah. that's yeah. great that's it was awesome. it was nice and we had a good time. We drank everybody's stuff. They drank ours. It was, <laughs> that's also a fun we part of it, too. people that were on food, on the Food Network, like some type of competition. Yeah. Like they were hanging out with us. Yeah, the, we bartered with them. Great. They gave us food. We gave yeah. them beer. Hey. It was a great time. Like, we rooted for you on that show. Right on. He's cool. like, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I'm from Croton on Hudson. I don't know if you guys do that. Yeah. So, I, I grew up right north of here. Okay. And I've always known of, you know, Sing Sing Prison. Uh, and I've known it from, you know, living close to it, and then obviously on Law and Order, we're going to send you up the river. They meant Sing Sing, right? Yep. Uh, up the dun, Hudson. Dun. Uh, <laughs> dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, but Kill, 
kind of go over the name of your brewery and kind of what it means. Because well, I, I have no idea. The killer, <laughs> kill is Dutch word for creek. Got it. Okay. So wall kill, fish kill, peak skill. So Austin used to be Sing Sing. And uh, probably about 120 years ago or so, they, they changed the name to Austining to disassociate themselves from the prison. Got it. But there is the Sing Sing Kill that runs through the heart of the village. And it's one of the most beautiful attractions of our village that until recently, uh, people didn't really even know existed. That's but right now, north of here. Uh, just north, yeah. uh, just on the other side of Main Street. Yeah, and exactly. One of the, um, yeah, there's a greenway now. There's a walk that you can go down to it. Wow. Beautiful. And uh, the kind of iconic image of Austin of the double arches, that's the old Croton Aqueduct uh, over the Broadway Bridge with the Sing Sing Kill underneath. Underneath it. Beautiful. Yeah. Nice. And, and that's why, uh, you know, in our in our, uh, our initial phases of we're starting to design uh, merchandise and t-shirts and stuff you're, you run into people and they're like kill oh geez that's like hey you know and like, <laughs> so like one of our first t-shirts is it's water not murder and uh, and it, that's always a conversation starter for sure because right. they're like alright what's the deal we gotta know <laughs> yeah. um, are people ever disappointed it's not about murder <laughs> no actually people really get excited when they find out like, oh. the story behind it and, yeah. and one of the reasons we picked Sing Sing Kill it as the name uh, is that for for years we had lived in Austin and you know the people in Austin you know bitch and moan about like why not Austin why not Austin all the other river towns are yeah. starting to come along and what we felt was it, it was kind of an identity problem like Austin was never willing to just embrace what we are we're a working class community we're a minority majority community mm-hmm. um, you know we have a beautiful downtown that's underutilized mm-hmm. and you know, instead of just trying to be Terrytown or trying to be Mount Kisco or trying to be something else, like we are a prison town and, and we need to embrace that that's what we are. But also there's all of these, you know, beautiful aspects of our community that people don't mm-hmm. realize. And so we wanted to, to draw attention to the kill and bring back the name Sing Sing and just like, you know, um, you know, start to change people's mentality. Uh, and and not that we've done it single-handedly. I think that there's a lot of businesses that are opening up downtown now, and there's just a different vibe to this place um, in the last few years. And yep. people are really excited. People are moving up here, uh, you know, from all over, from you know, uh, the city, from Long Island, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, even uh, one of our staff members she graduated from college and wanted to move right to Austin and be wow. close to, to this you know community you know be involved in what's going on nice. so it, that's very nice to to feel that way about yeah. where we live so. and, and and that's also uh, you know a, ma- a major reason why Eric you know put so much effort into uh, making the tap room uh, a comfortable space and um, you know a, a place where you know everybody can feel can feel good about hanging out here because like you know, when, when we first started hanging out together, if we wanted to go get a beer somewhere, it was like, we found ourselves driving to mm-hmm. Pleasantville, or yeah. we're driving to Peekskill, or, you know, or you're driving all over to, to, to get to these places. It's like, wouldn't it be great if we had a comfortable space in our village that, that we could just go and have for everybody? Um, and so, you know, that's why, you know, it does. we don't look like a 20-year-old guy's basement in here. Yeah, you know? thank and you. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not uh, that there's what, anything wrong with that. <laughs> what are we drinking on now? All right, so... Um, we're a New York farm brewery, as we mentioned before. Uh, the first beer that we have is 100% New York State ingredients. 
Um, this is our killer cream ale. This is also 100% New York State. Um, you know, Eric went to school in Ithaca. I went to Syracuse. Uh, we were both uh, midway between Utica Club Cream Ale and Genesee. Um, you know, at at one time, what was it in the '70s when there was only five licenses in in New York State? Wow. Um, you know, those those breweries kind of you know kept beer alive. Uh, you know, and it was one of those things like, you know, my grandfather uh, drank Cream Ale. Uh, mm -hmm. They were in Binghamton, New York, and uh, probably first sips of beer that I ever had were was probably either Genesee or Utica Club. Mm -hmm. So we'd have conversations pre-opening about what our menu was gonna look like. And we, you know, all these wonderful beers that I had done uh, home brewing, you know, multiple ingredients, uh, chocolate milk stout, and honey high biscuits weight, and all this other stuff. It's like, at the end, I'd always be like, and we're gonna do a cream ale. And everybody's <laughs> like, cream ale? Why cream ale? And I'm like, cause, you know, there's not really a more New York State style of beer. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, a, there's not a lot going on. It's not triple dry hopped. I don't have any kind of, there's not donuts in it. There's not, <laughs> um, you know, crazy business going on. It's just a regular beer. Uh, and it's somebody, uh, if you're new to craft, it doesn't put you off. Yeah. Um, but if you are into craft beer and you're starting to, you know, kind of check out, you know, where brewing techniques come from and, you know, the subtleties in beer, it makes a good statement. Um, we also only have three fermenters right now, so I don't have time to tie up, uh, you know, one fermenter for three months to, to make a proper pilsner. Mm -hmm. um, so this this keeps Matt, the brewer, happy, and um, you know, people, our customers have decided that uh, you know that's a beer that they really genuinely enjoy, and I can't be happier about it. Um, I, I'm psyched every time I brew this beer. It's a great entry level beer, yeah, because you know where we're located and you know there's there's you know a lack of community spaces to come in and hang yes. out so you know we draw a clientele that isn't necessarily a craft beer you know loving group mm -hmm. they just want to you know be in the space right so when they come in a lot of people say well you know I hate hoppy beers I hate this I hate that like what can you and so hey, we'll you know try this or some people come in like uh, you know a lot of the Latinos that come in and don't realize that we're a brewery yeah you know they say can I have a Corona and yeah. so it's like no we make our own beer but but here try this right and you know people are just you know blown away by like wow this is a very drinkable beer but it's way better than right. <laughs> what we're used to drinking yeah, and right. so fizzy uh, yellow water. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, uh, um, you know, uh, New York State is producing some incredible grains right now. Um, uh, this this happens to be Pilsner malt from uh, New York Craft uh, mm -hmm. out, up in Batavia. Um, we've been using uh, Ted and Patricia's uh, um, ingredients for since we've been open pretty much, and uh, I've been really happy with the flavor profiles that we get, the consistency of the malt. Um, so it makes me happy from a production side. And then uh, Cascade Hops, like if you're looking around, like what are you gonna use? It's, although it might not be what you would think, it's not a traditional uh, noble hop, mm -hmm. but I wanted to use it because again, it's important, it's a New York State right. thing, you know, we're gonna do this. And uh, so it puts a slight craft spin on it, but it, you know, you're not, it's not overwhelming. Uh, the beer is still very balanced. Um, yeah, it's super easy to drink, goes you know. down well. <laughs> yeah. And it's 5.6. Yeah, um, so you have a you few know, of them. So yeah, that's just it. Yeah. Here's a question we ask everybody that comes in the show. Well, he what? already. What? It's cream ale. Was that your first beer? Not first craft beer, your first beer that you've, you've ever, ever had. You've ever tasted Like, even if you were real little and it was on Grandpa's lap yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that, for me, that would be it. It had it. to be yeah. that it one, It had to right? be cream ale. What was the first beer? It doesn't have to be I, craft. I, I think, uh, 
I used to drink. My dad would would pour me out. Uh, so I had a little yellow plastic cup, and, and <laughs> he would he would pour me out some of his Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> so I think that was the beer that I started. PBR. I yeah, think it's... you're the first person to say PBR, but yeah, yeah. that's classic. I can't believe yeah. nobody's ever said that before. Yeah. Um, you mentioned before how a lot of people don't know it's a brewery. They come in and order whatever beer. Do you like that? Because I think that's pretty cool. Like when you work in a bar and you're educating the public. I think it's fun when people don't know craft beer and you say, well, what do you normally drink? Like, I, yeah, like it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's fun when they light up. Yes. You know, that's what's fun. You know, some people like, you know, what, you don't have Corona and then yeah. they get offended and, and, and they leave. So, well, you don't um, want them in here anyway. Right. <laughs> but, but the thing is, like, it, it, it's, really, it's really nice when, when people just, you know, come off the street. They have no idea right. what to expect. And, and then we, you know, uh, are able to get them to try our beer. And they wind up not just enjoying it, but then becoming more adventurous and saying, well, this is really good. Yeah. I want to check this out right. and, and the next thing. So, yeah, yeah it, is, it is a lot of fun. And I think also that's going to be your most loyal customer because you do take the time to talk to them and figure out what they like. And then next week they're going to bring their friend and they're going to bring their friend. So I, I, I get excited when things like that happen. Uh, have you gotten, you've been here a year and a half. Do you do a lot of events here? What's Yeah, we, we've realized pretty quickly that um, Austin is, is a, still very much a commuter community. Mm -hmm. So uh, people get on the train and leave it during the day um there's not a lot of foot traffic in our downtown because we're trying to you know be part of that you know uh you know economic rebirth yeah uh so we have to do events we have to give people an incentive to come out because we're in westchester it's the suburbs mm -hmm. people have kids they got to get babysitters and so like generally they're not just every every wednesday thursday right. night they're just like oh let's go out to a bar but we you know, you, you get something going on yeah. and then people show up. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we realized. We do have to do uh, plenty of programming and it's been incredibly successful. I mean, we, we wouldn't still be here without it. Right. Uh, and we're about to do our first big event that we helped organize uh, out of the tap room, which is the Big Oss Barbecue mm -hmm. this Saturday, the 19th, from noon to six at uh, Henry Gordine Park down on the waterfront. Okay. And the focus of that is to bring, like we talked about, that that community collaborative spirit that we experience in the brewing community, mm -hmm. bring that to Austin. And we've spoken with all the local brick-and-mortar places, and we're basically all going to go down and showcase what Austin is all about. Nice. And, uh, you know, drink beer, listen to music, have great food. And it's 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 Big Ice Barbecue, but what it is is a multicultural uh, event of... You know, whatever all these brick and mortar businesses uh, represent different uh, cultures. Like we have Ecuadorian, mm -hmm. uh, El Salvadorian, uh, Turkish, Peruvian, uh, Colombian, you wow. know, uh, as well as Americana barbecue. And so, like, you know, we're it's just open flame cooking, whatever that means to, to the culture that your restaurant represents. So it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Nice. Wow. When is that next weekend? That's yep. Saturday, yeah. Yep. That sounds great. Is it free to the public? You have yep. to pay to get in? No, wow. it's free and open to the public. Yep. Yeah. That's okay. amazing. Yeah. What time does it start? Noon. Noon to six. You just kind of pay as you go with all the exactly. Members. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, what do we got? Uh, for the four local acts, too? They're like yeah, and all, all local bands, too. Yeah. All Austin bands. So it's a whole, right. like, Austin cool. event. Nice. Yeah. 
Will you be playing? No, 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 no. I won't be playing this time. Maybe next year. I'm still no looking for the right project. Special appearance by... In all my free time. You know, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, so when you guys are busy with an event like that that's off-site and you're representing your brand yeah. and your brewery, who's holding it down here when you guys are away? Well, um, you know, Matt and I are basically the, the managing members and uh, Matt's main focus is a brewery. My main focus is a tap room. And so uh, we're here just almost all the time uh, getting all this going. And then we've built an incredible staff. Um, we have uh, someone that we've put in charge specifically of just events. And uh, that's become a full-time position. Mm -hmm. uh, we've hired recently someone to take uh, the social media component mm -hmm. uh, away from her so that, you know, because it's becoming, yeah. you know, its own thing. It is. Uh, and then we have just a, a solid serving staff that can, you know, run the place in our absence. So it's, Beautiful. you know, it's a, it's a handful of people that really are on board with what we do and, and working really hard to, you know, make our vision a reality. And I think that uh, for us, it's been an important aspect when we're going to festivals or beer events. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the barbecue's a little different because it's us and we're putting it on right downtown. But like whenever we go out to like beer fest and stuff, that either one or both Eric and I are, are there to represent our brand. Because uh, that always means a lot more to me when I was a, a consumer of beer. Like yeah. you'll actually speak to somebody who is directly involved with the production of the beer and, and, and uh, had a level of ownership and empowerment to, to discuss it in an educational way that like, you know, if you just got talking points from somebody, it's not the same right. thing, you know. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we, you know, we both have incredibly busy schedules, but uh, making sure that one or both of us are at any kind of outside event is one of those things that we've committed to. Um, and and it, and it means a lot more, I think, to, to consumers, you know, to customers when they're when they're enjoying it. Um, and and our staff holds it down here. We're really lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. I read that you guys recently had a, a beer and art pairing here. That's actually about to. Well, we've we've had two two art shows. Okay. So we're this is our second art show, uh, but we're about to do like a uh, what is it? Uh, sip and paint something to that effect. Cool. Yeah. Will it be like an artist leading people in it, or I I, I believe this again is like Kelly, our events person, yeah. or, has been organizing okay. this one. So I'm I'm not clear on, on okay. all the details. <laughs> but. But the uh, R. Wayne Reynolds event was something that yeah, was insane. Yeah, that's true. We did So we did a, a big art show that uh, a neighbor of ours uh, is a local artist, and he does uh, these one-line drawings. Oh. And so we decided to, to partner with uh, Bethany Arts Community and see if we could take the one-line drawings and make them, like, you know, I don't know, four-dimensional, uh, where we could run him on uh in a harness run them on a rig and do these enormous canvases what and so <laughs> so we would we flew him uh over a stage as he would do these like you know 40 foot uh one line drawings so where was this that was at bethany arts community <laughs> so cool. yeah and then, yeah, and then we had uh you know we would take the the pieces and bring them in here as part of his uh you know Art show here. Beautiful. That's really cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Never heard of that before. No, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Awesome. And uh, it, it, you know, um, I think that's where uh, we got 
super incredibly lucky that Eric's, you know, has his experience with rigging. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, he built the stage, he set the whole rig up. Uh, we had another um, another uh, regular that comes in here that helped uh, design the harness and the, uh, and the delivery uh, method for the, the, the paint itself. Because all this stuff, you know, had to be fabricated. Like, it, this yeah. didn't exist. Um, and it was really cool. Like, they, I mean, they packed the place yeah. uh, of it of Bethany. Of course, yeah. we had our festival rig there. And we kind of did a beer, beer yeah, art event uh, with that. Um, yeah, super. super and cool. the artist was cool with this. At any point, oh, he was he it. like, nah, no. I don't know about this. No, he, <laughs> no, he, he, he was like, yeah, fly me. Like, <laughs> and that's so, like, you know, people in the audience could commission a work. Right. So they could work and, the rig and, right, and run him really on, the, on the line. That's crazy. Yeah. This guy was really interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if, uh, if I was to come to Sing Sing Kill Brewery with a group of friends and say two of those friends weren't really into beer, uh, what do you offer non-beer drinkers here at the brewery? We have, uh, we can sell through our license New York labeled products. Okay. So we have New York uh, farm wine, uh, New York farm spirits, uh, New York farm cider, and New York farm meat, right? Yep. We also have, uh, you know, full uh, full selection of um, New York uh, soft drinks. Um, so we, we have, like, the, the Saranac uh, sodas yeah. for, oh, wow. for teetotalers. Um, and the have, kids. A lot, yep. you know, and we, we have, have a lot the, of families. Uh, uh, um, cold brew coffee from a local roaster. Wow. Um, and kombucha from... Yep. Uh, Blessed Brewery and Beacon. Beautiful. So there's options. Yeah. yeah. And that, that and that's another like you know great advantage of the New York farm license. Um, and it makes sense because you know those farmers are growing all that grain for the distilled spirits and they're growing the the, the grapes for the wine and everything. And you know that's what it, that's what they're really there to encourage. Like it's great that you get distilled spirits and, and New York craft beer yeah. on top of it, but it's keeping those farmers doing what they do. Yeah. You know? Do we have any small bites or? food offerings here at the brewery? Yeah, we, we don't have a kitchen, uh, but we do, you know, heat up uh, food from local places. Okay. Um, we get empanadas and galettes from Baked by Susan and Croton. Mm -hmm. okay, nice. uh, we have uh, pretzels from First Village Coffee on Main Street and uh, nuts, awesome. smoked nuts from up in Red Hook. Yep. A little ice cream from the Blue Pig. Yep. Uh, you know, just, wow, and, everything's we, local. That's yep. great. And then we uh, we also have a full selection of menus of uh, local businesses that you can either pick up and bring in or have delivered here to the brewery if you'd That's like awesome. something a little more substantial. We definitely encourage that sort of thing. Yeah, and the local restaurants are big fans of ours because, yeah. you know, it, it gives them all these extra seats. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's fantastic. What are we having now? All right, so, uh, you know... Um, I don't feel like you can have a, a craft beer menu uh, without kind of having something for everybody. Um, we usually have a stronger uh, offering. This is our, our triple double. This is a, a ten and a quarter um, uh, triple IPA. Um, it's one of those things. Uh, we serve it in, a, in an eight ounce glass um, because it is ten and a quarter. Yeah. Um, I was playing with our system and kind of seeing what the largest beer I can put out using standard brewing techniques. So without getting too creative, without adding a bunch of adjuncts, yeah. um, without adding uh, Belgian candy sugar or anything like that, just what's the largest pure malt beer that I can make, right? Because uh, I'm always challenging myself. I'm gonna do you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, so I, we brewed this beer, I brewed this beer. And uh, at, every at every stage we're sampling it. And Eric and I are discussing it. And like, 
at one point in the fermenter, it is so hot that it, it tasted to me like tequila. And but I think everybody's got a tequila story, and tequila is my tequila. I just I, yeah. I smell it. I'm like, oh god, you know, I've had it. So uh, I wasn't sure about this beer. I'm like, you know, and and I thought there's probably a 50 percent chance that I was going to have to brew a separate batch of a similar uh, recipe makeup and kind of bring it down because yeah. at ten and a quarter, it was it was tasting like it was too much to me. Um, but you know, as we let it mature and come together, you know, we started realizing like, no, yeah, this, this is gonna, you know, this is gonna nail a, a flavor profile that, that we're really happy with. And, uh, you know, we did have to find new glassware um, to go <laughs> along with it because you have to be responsible when you're Absolutely. putting out a 10 and a quarter beer. You yeah. don't want to drink people drinking a yeah. pint of that. That's right. just not, not what you want to do. So, um, you know, it's got a firm alcohol bite to it, uh, but it's not astringent. Um, it does linger. Uh, so yeah, I kind of recommend like if you're if you're going for a flight, save this one to the last because yeah. it, it'll kind of blow out the rest of the yeah. your, your, it'll blow out your taste buds and you're you're not gonna taste anything after that. But uh, yeah, uh, it's definitely a good thing to warm me up on a nice fall day. Right. And this is the follow up to the single double. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we, I did do a single double before, and our servers love Cheers. when I give them like multiple uh, things to juggle. It's a single double and a triple double and a. Ooh. That does not taste like 10%. Yeah. So That's it, dangerous. It, it's yeah. a little dangerous. It tastes a little bit of the strength behind yeah. it, though. You can mm -hmm. taste it. Would you think it was 10%, though? No, I, I would, would say 8. Yeah, 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 eight yeah totally. Yeah. So you mentioned you have flights. Are you allowed to make your own flight? Are you, like, designated? Like, this is your flight you're getting? Any draft. Any four okay. drafts. Yeah. yeah. I like that. A lot, of, um, a lot of bars don't do that. They have, like... This is flight A, this is flight B, and you can't mix and match. I don't understand yeah. the logic behind that. I always assume, might be wrong, I always assume whatever you have listed for those flights, those are the ones that aren't moving and you want to get rid of it. So I'm like, I don't want to drink that. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's, that's one way to look at it, and that's possible. <laughs> the other thing to look at is say, like, you know, they don't feel like a cider being tasted next to a triple double like the, yeah. the taste yeah. can be so that's you know true. contrasting yeah. that you just decide you don't like it yeah you know? that's true so, that's a fair point and and for me too like you know uh when you have um different yeast strains uh next to each other because I'm, I'm really focused on kind of doing the overall sensory with it um i'm really sensitive to that so mm -hmm. like if i have like a really super clean ipa and then our cream ale where like you know majority of the flavor profile that comes from that ale is, is the yeast that drives it right um you know i i would probably recommend people you know don't do those back to back because yeah. you're gonna you're, the cream ale just tastes weird to you yeah. you'll be like well how does that happen you know and um so there is a lot I, that go into i think making <clears throat> up uh flights like that if you're gonna do, do yeah. it for customers but but at the same time you know, our, we make three barrel batches right um you know we run through a style in a matter of you know yeah. three weeks sometimes right. so right. it's just like right. the idea of us you know controlling the way people experience a beer when it's changing over right. so quickly it's right. just you know it's beyond our ability so yeah yeah and everyone's tastes are so different like you know i there's certain hops that i am turned off by that I just don't like. Um, Eric so, is not a centennial fan. No. <laughs> it's a, it we medicine that. to me. You know? So like, you know, but like not all people experience that. Right. So it's, it's it, I think that letting people, you know, make their own choices is, is the simplest way to go for us anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, so sense. how many of your beers do you have on tap at one time? How many guest beers? Usually do we do kind of uh we set out initially we were gonna have six of our own beer 
and then a couple guest tabs. We wound up pretty much going eight on ours, and um, we still have uh, some guest tabs, and, and we always keep uh, a couple ciders and a meat on in addition to at least one beer, but usually two uh, guest tabs. Okay. And usually we'll go with, uh, they'll be complimentary to like, you know, we can do seasonal stuff that uh, that necessarily we're, we're not going to get into. But, so you do know, you but have a pumpkin beer since you meant seasonal? We have the, uh, we, have the we have a site, we had a cider, right? We don't yeah, have well, you know, we burned through that. We burned we through it. We had a pumpkin cider. But we had the, we have the, the uh, Dunkelweizen um, and uh, now the Wet Hop Harvest. And we will be, uh, for every uh, fall season, I carve out a pumpkin and put a tap in it and Matt <laughs> comes cool. up with a spice bag and we run beer through a pumpkin. So I'll do, <laughs> I, I do a, a traditional red. That's awesome. Um, and then uh, the red works out really well to that and uh, so you know, your, your, uh, your pumpkin then becomes your vessel, you know, we're, we're, we're firking through the pumpkin. Right. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And then draw directly from it. So yeah. it infuses in the beer. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'm not making yeah. three so we barrels say, of a... Right. We say we don't have pumpkin beer but we'll pumpkin your beer. Yep. <laughs> and it's cool looking, you know. Like, like, really, it comes out of the pumpkin. Like, yeah, it comes out of. Check this out. I just, I don't get the pumpkin everything craze oh, every yeah. fall. It's yeah. just, it's gotten out of control. Yeah. Everything is pumpkin flavored. Yeah. What is wrong with people? Yeah. Stop. Yeah. There's pumpkin everything. Cheerios. It's ridiculous. Really? Yeah, wow. I saw pumpkin ice cream sandwiches. Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so, other than the big uh, community barbecue event coming up. Uh, what's coming up for you guys in the fall, like the, throughout the rest of the fall, early winter? Do we have anything else that's coming up? That well, I think promote? I think what we're going to focus on now is you know this is you know the best season for us. Fall is just it's a great beer drinking season. There's still everyone's trying to get in their their festivals and and everyone's enjoying the last you know uh, the great weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once we kind of get past this. Uh, we're really going to look to expand our brewing system and be able to start getting out into the market. Mm-hmm. We're, we're only able at this point to service our tap room and the events that we do. And we've been asked um, by a lot of people, you know, to get our beer into their restaurants or bars and stuff. So we're going to try to, to scale up, uh, get some more vessels and see if we can start, you know, pushing out a little bit. But organically self-distribute yeah. the first okay. yeah absolutely smart and, and that's the thing too is that uh, you know coming from a retail background I uh, I would see local vendors uh, come into the, the the place that I worked and they have a number of stores in the, in the area and you get in one store and next thing you know regional wants to push you into every store and they're maxed out and the quality starts to slip and people are getting disappointed because they can't get a consistent delivery yep. like that's the last thing in the world that i want to do yeah. um you know we want our growth to be organic and make sense um and to have the same level of, of quality and care that we have in our tap room at every handle it's out um so you know it's a kind of a, a large hurdle to get through but that's that's our mindset so for people that don't know, what's your address? What are your hours? We're 7577 Spring Street mm-hmm. in Austin, New York. We're open Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, we open 4 p.m. on weekdays and close at 10. Uh, on weekends, we're 1 to 11. Nice. Yeah, beautiful. And all that stuff, uh, you know, our hours are, are current and updated on uh, our Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, what are you, Instagram and Facebook? Just Sing Sing Kill Brewery? Yep. That's how people find you? Yep. Perfect. Yeah. 
thank you guys so much right. for right. sitting thank down and hosting us. This has been a lot of fun. The beer was delicious. Thank you. Thank uh, we will definitely, any event you have coming up, let us know. We will definitely push it and have people cool. come here because this is a great space. Um, don't be freaked out that we're across you from the police station. It's awesome. <laughs> you might be safer. <laughs> um, listeners, if you're thirsty for more, where can they find us? You guys can listen to us on Anchor, which is the app that we record on. We are so grateful to, for them, to them for hosting us. That is a 10.5 beer. <laughs> uh, you can also listen to us on Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. For all the podcast companies that I missed out on, I apologize profusely. <laughs> and we will be speaking with you soon. Take care, guys. Bye. All right.